Hi, you're listening to Everyday Impact, a Life Tree podcast inspiring you to take Jesus into your everyday life. My name is Will, and I'm joined by my guest co host, Caleb Friesen. Hello, everybody. Caleb, tell me a bit about the conversation that you're going to be sharing with us today. I got to sit down with Jenna Bolton, who is a much loved member of our Life Tree Church family. And we got to hear about some of her childhood and experiences that led her on to a pretty destructive path, uh, but then how Jesus came in and just pulled her right out of that and has put her on a whole new path of life and, and really just done his amazing, saving, transformative work. It was quite the privilege to sit down and hear what she had to share. I felt richly, richly blessed to get to be a part of it. Well, I've seen her around for the last few years, and I've always had a sense of curiosity about her. What's her story? And I'm glad we have the chance to share that today. There's this unpacking, there's this discovery, and hopefully we get to know each other a bit more through this process. Let's press play on the conversation and see what she has to share. Let's do it. Well, I'm sitting down here today with Jenna Bolton, a well-known to some of you and well-loved member of our Life Tree Church family. Jenna, awesome to be here with you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So our hope was just to sit down and, you know, capture a bit of your story, your journey with Jesus, some of your life. And um, I'm really looking forward to this because I've had the opportunity of hearing you share some of it over the years. And every time you open your mouth to talk about how Jesus has been active in your life, I'm like, People need to hear this. You know, it's just so good. And so I'm stoked to have you here. Thank you. Why don't we just like start with a little bit of understanding, you know, where did Jenna Bolton grow up? Maybe a bit of your backstory with, uh, with family life and then going forward from there. Well, I was born in Hope, BC. Uh, spent some time in Spasm anybody knows where that is it's beyond hope um i lived in the okanagan and then victoria about the age of four moved over to saskatoon we have many generations of alcoholism in our family my mom and dad split up when i was four years old my father committed suicide six months later Uh Uh, my mother and father were addicts and alcoholics and so That was a lifestyle that I was brought up in. Mm -hmm. From the ages of four, we moved over to Saskatoon where my mother found some housing for for me and her. It was pretty close to many schools. I went to a lot of schools actually as a young child. Uh, We never really settled. Um, My mom worked a lot and then was out drinking all night. So I always had like a local woman or a child from the neighborhood taking care of me. I came back out to Victoria when I was 12. My mother, she got sober when I was 10 years old. She started going to AA and we started working on a really good relationship. But my mom met somebody and uh, decided that being a mother was a little bit too hard for her. Mm. Uh, So she moved to Hawaii and sent me to my grandparents' house. I think that's where I started to change 
starting to feel a lot of abandonment issues. Um, I never was raised with a father. There was no men in my life. I never had a brother. So I believe that when my mom decided to move and get married and leave me behind is kind right. of where things changed for me. Yeah. As a young girl, my grandparents tried to raise me yeah. and I just, um, I fell into the wrong crowd really early. Mm -hmm. I started smoking cigarettes and pot and drinking at like yeah. 12, 13. Yeah. Um, I just had no guidance. I didn't have anybody to tell me that that wasn't okay. That's yeah. just what I knew. Yeah. Um, and I ran away from home at a really young age. I just, I thought that that's what would have been the right thing to do. Just go to where people care for you. Yeah. Um, and then I started getting into the heavier drugs and drinking way more than a young, a young woman should be drinking, yeah. getting herself into some situations that are not very healthy. And I was leading a very destructive path and it didn't hurt just me. It hurt the people around me that I know now mm -hmm. I see now as a young teenager, I got into the heavy drugs and then into my early twenties, I, uh, I had a few children at that time um, that I was unable to care for due to mm -hmm. my addictions. Mm -hmm. And so I had to call for help. Yeah. Um, those children were adopted and taken care of. Yeah. I spent some time on the streets of Victoria. Mm. Um, I was an active user yeah. and an alcoholic in Victoria here. Yeah. And I got pregnant with the twins. And I don't know what it was, I just knew that that was an opportunity for me to be a parent again. That was my second chance at becoming a mother. And there was two babies there. I found out I was having twins and I'm like, this is just, this is a sign for me. This is a, this is a sign. So I got off the streets. I was able to get off the streets and find my way kind of, I guess, you know, to, to start beginning, be, beginning of yeah. parenthood. Um, and so that led me up till I had them when I was 30 years old. I know we've talked about this a bit before, but I'm hearing as you're sharing, it's like there was a sense of abandonment and aloneness as a kid, as mm -hmm. a teenager. And at those early teenage years, you found community. It was community centered around bad habits, you know, uh, that headed down a more and more destructive road. Right. I think a lot of people can relate with that. And, um, you know, a lot of people have found themselves in that place. And so you develop these addictions, mm -hmm. um, but so you have these kids now new opportunity before you, what started to happen from there? Well, uh, I was clean and sober for, you know, a few, quite a few years mm -hmm. in the beginning, but it just, as I got comfortable again, alcohol, alcohol was the big factor. Yeah. Still drinking, trying to be, be a productive alcoholic, I guess mm -hmm. you would say, mm -hmm. and trying to parent. I still had no tools whatsoever. I didn't know really how to be a mom. And then I have twins. So I just, I just bogged down and I did it. It took every ounce of me, but I did it. I ended up moving back to Sydney when I had the twins, where I was able to begin a relationship with my mother right. again. And uh, just having her trying to be a part of our life was 
pretty difficult still, so because she was still an alcoholic. And so, you know, I've still struggled through all these years trying to be a mom. Um, but at a young age, I guess they were about four or five years old. Um, I was introduced through this community because of people that I know about God and mm. prayer and forgiveness and things. And so I saw hope. Cool. And uh, that's what's led me here so far. Awesome. <laughs> I remember hearing you share at one point with me a pretty significant moment in your journey, uh, which I believe was in early 2016, um, where you told me you'd been, you know, still battling with addiction mm -hmm. um, in a rough relationship that you knew you had to get out of. Yeah. Right. And then you had this real encounter with God in that season. Why, can you tell us a bit about, about that moment? Because I think if I'm right, that's the real beginning of some turning point in Absolutely. your journey, right? Yeah. Um, it took me quite a few weeks to come, I guess. Okay. So in December, the early start of the year, uh, the end of 2015, okay. um, I had fled an abusive relationship. I left on Boxing Day, and uh, we went into transition in Duncan. So this my 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 start starts off with the, a spiritual number six uh, that I'm using as my reference because that's what started me to notice that there was a sign from somewhere coming mm. from something. And so I just... By that, you mean you kept seeing this I just, number this everywhere? This repetitive number six. And yeah. it was just really, it was like January 6th, 2016. We left on the six o'clock bus, the number 66, you know, from Duncan. Right. We came to Victoria. We were in room number six. Wow. Like every transition room had a six on it. Both my hotel rooms had a number six in it. I just knew, you know, like there was a number six involved in this. And so... I was kind of in the lowest point of this time. We were staying at the Super 8 Motel, and um, I was just at the bottom. I just couldn't even take it anymore. I was so exhausted from trying to get the kids to and from school. They were still going to school in Sydney, and I was like in Victoria, and I was taking them to Sydney back and forth. I recall just trying to look up what this number six meant. What does number six mean and why is it so impacted in my life right now? And so I looked it up and it says that the number six is mostly seen in the darkest of time in your lives when you need the light more than ever. It revolves around true revelation and opening doors to new paths. It is associated with family and home and seeing this number repeatedly means that the angels are trying to signal you about change that will impact your family and your home. Don't be afraid of change as they provide important lessons in life. And so as I'm sitting there reading that, I've, I've just started to, I guess, explode with emotion. Mm. I had to go have a bath. I needed to just like smother the noise. I was crying so loud. I kind of just felt like a pop bottle was shaken mm -hmm. and somebody just like take the pop, the top popped off. And I was just an overload of emotions. I wrapped myself up in a towel and I went back onto the bed and I had the computer there. And I just remember seeing the words, let God in, let God into your heart. And I was like, how do you do that? Mm. 
Like, how could I do that? Mm -hmm. And so I was looking all over the place. I said, okay, there's going to be a Bible in here. Yeah, there's always a Bible in a hotel room. I know this. I do housekeeping. There's a... I look and there's no Bible. There's no Bible in this hotel room. And I just thought to myself, at what point? Like, no Bible. Where where would I go? This is the lowest point ever, and there's supposed to be a Bible here. Anyways, so thank goodness for internet. I turned to my computer, and I looked up how to let God into your heart. And it just stated to ask God, just say, come to my heart. Mm -hmm. So I just recall, like, this moment of darkness where I just knew there was nothing else, crying, asking God to come into my heart. And I just remember kind of like fading away. Like there was just nothing. There was just nothing happening. I don't know if I fell asleep or what. But then I just remember like this very like gusty wind. It just like felt like somebody put their lips around my mouth and blew in this like this air. And it just like And it just like filled up my lungs with like a whole new life. And that's what it felt like. I just remember kind of coming to and looking around and I was like, oh, what just happened? But I knew what happened. I knew what happened. I could hear this birds. I saw the sun coming up. I looked over at the kids. Everything was just a calm. It was so peaceful. It was just like, I don't know, it just felt new. I knew that I'd had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I knew that he had come and given me a new life. Come on. I get so, like, filled when I hear you talk about it because this isn't the first time I've heard you share that story. And every single time you have talked about that moment, at least in front of me, tears start coming. Yeah. There's an emotion. And it's like there's such a reality to this experience that you had with God's presence, with the Holy Spirit coming into your life, that it's like here we are five-plus years later, and it still hits hard when well, you talk about it. that's what makes me it's know so deep good. down inside that it was real. Yeah. Like, there's no, I didn't make, there's no making that up. There's yeah. nothing that would even, I just couldn't even believe. Mm. I still do. I'm just yeah. like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a really significant part of your story that happened after that, right? Where you connected with Anita Stell, right? Tell, tell us about that because well, I think you this, reached out to her, right? Yeah, I did. I reached out to Anita and I had let her know, like, I think I just had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And she's like, oh, you know you did. You know it. She's like, you know what happened. And um, with the grace of that family, they took me and the kids in and made us a home on their property. You know, they came and packed up all our stuff from the hotel and we talked it out. And they, I should say the Stells and the Gillespies have been a blessing. They allowed us to come onto that farm and... I call it the land of the Lord. I just love that place. Like my heart just is so, it's just so good and godly there. Like the people, the children just accepting us for who we were and just allowing us to be there in their presence. Just was so much growth for me too, right? And to show so much compassion and to see all the love that I never Mm -hmm. got to see growing up. Mm -hmm. Just 
you know, it reflected onto me so that I could take it somewhere and I could take it to, into my home mm-hmm. and show my children that that's how we want to live. That's how we want to live. Yeah. 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 So that sounds like um, a real power in community when you talk about that property being like the land of the Lord and experiencing the love. And I know it was in that season that you started to connect more with us here, the Life Tree Church family mm-hmm. as well. What has the experience of community meant for you in your journey? Uh, I have a definite sense of belonging, which I earned for like my whole life. Mm. Um, I know that there's people that care for me, that just love upon me. Um, I can just feel the power through this community of just prayer too. There's just such like commitment to prayer, which is growing on me because now that's what I do. I pray a lot and it's because I see it so much. Um, I just like the diversity of this community. There are so many different types of families and so many different plays like the people that have been all over the world to some people that have not been anywhere but have just all come together through Jesus it's just been such an uplifting experience and it's kept the confidence inside me to stay strong to stay sober to guide a good path for my children Mm -hmm. to help them be in a supportive good community surrounded by love and to know that mistakes are going to be made, but I'm going to learn from them. I'm just learning. I'm still learning. Like I was saying earlier, being needy for the Lord is just really where I'm at. I need him so bad in my life that when I feel myself going really off a little bit, putting myself down, you know, telling myself I'm not a good parent, telling myself I'm not providing very well, I turn to Jesus and he refills that. He totally replenishes all that. He says, Jenny, you're doing great. You're such a great mother. You're such a great woman. Like you're just doing it. You're, you know, I just, it's all love. You're a fighter. That's what I see. I see someone who, you know, has, has learned from the Lord that there's no, um, there may be falling down, but not giving up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and and keep coming back. The phrase I remember hearing you say when we were talking before I record, you said practicing being needy for Jesus. <laughs> My heart leapt for joy when I heard you say it. I'm like, that's what we all need. We all need to practice being needy for Jesus. That is the the place to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was gonna say, and you know, I as I take prayer seriously these days, I have to also watch what I pray for. Right. Because I find he just has been there in an overload, kind of an overwhelming way. When I pray and I ask for things or for guidance and strength because I'm going to go and do something, he opens that window and he goes, well, go. You're already equipped, now go. And then he scares me because I'm like, oh, I'm not ready yet. (laughs) But I pray out for it and then it's an opportunity and I'm like, okay. So I'm trying to break down that fear barrier and be like, he's already equipped me for this. He already knows I'm going this way. If I'm just going to, I just got to do it. So that's what I'm doing now in life is just realizing that the Lord has equipped me for what I'm doing and just to keep walking forward with it. Otherwise, yeah. That's good. 
There's no room for failure for me right now. I've yeah. got a good window of opportunity and I'm just opening my heart to it. That's awesome. Yeah. There is um, a lot in that, right? Where you know that God's walking with you, <laughs> where it gives you the, the confidence to kind of put the next foot forward and keep going. Um, and I know from walking with you over the years and hearing some of your stories that there's been multiple times where God has shown up for you and, and proving himself and, and shown, yeah, Jenna, I'm here with you. We heard this story, you know, a few minutes ago about the encounter you had in that hotel room mm-hmm. where you felt his spirit filling you. Are there any other stories that come to mind for you where God's really proven himself or shown up, um, letting you know that he's, he's with you? Um, yeah, it's probably the most, the one that just is, stays with me the most because I have a really good connection with your father, your dad, Bruce. So, uh, being a new member of the community, when I was back in 2016 and stuff, your father used to pray on me a lot and he always prayed for like the men that were going to come into my life and for just, he just had like this big picture prayer for me and So he was like my go-to guy when I'd see him. I'll go give him a hug and get a prayer. Yeah. Um, I suffered from migraines for probably 25 years of my life. Um, they used to hospitalize me. I couldn't do classes. I just couldn't parent. There was just, it was a lot. Um, I just felt the enemy weighing in on my head. And it was just like there was no room for for joy. There was no room for anything else, which... Um, brought me to a place where we were back in August, 2016, we went to a pool party at Caroline's house. The first Yes, the first house. Yeah. And they're, they're such prayer people too. I love those people, great people. But we were at their house having a pool party and I was suffering from a migraine and I had been for days, but I wanted to come so bad because I didn't want to miss out. And I went and your father was there. And he's like, Jenna, I haven't seen you around. What's going on? I told him about my headaches. And so he took me aside and we went inside to their house and he put his hands on me and he prayed and he prayed healing over me. And he asked the Lord to, you know, take away the migraines and all the pain and stuff. And I just kind of went with the prayer. I was like, okay, thank you. Um, A couple days went by after this and on the following Wednesday, I got a headache and I got a migraine to the point where it was just, I could not bear the pain. I was not able to parent my kids. I had to send them out to go get food. I needed help. And it was just, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I got up and I, uh, I went up to Pretty City, which is at the Stells farm. It overlooks the valley. It's at the very back behind the chicken coop there. You just go out there and it's such a beautiful sight. And I stood there and I cried. And I screamed out to God and I asked him and I said to him, Lord, this is your time where I need you to show me what it is that you can do because it hurts. I'm suffering. I just want to be free of these migraines. I just can't do it anymore. I said, and you know, Bruce Friesen, I know you do. (laughs) And he prayed for me and he told me that if I just mention his name in prayer, good things will happen. And I did. And I turned around and I started walking home. And like, before I even got back down to the house, I live in the little cabin. I used to live in the little cabin in front of the Stalls house there. And my headache was gone. Wow. And it's been 
I have never suffered from a migraine since that day. Come on. Um, yeah. So I just am so grateful for all of that. That was such a life-draining moment, like time in my life. And now I'm free from that. I'm free from all the burden of that pain in my head. So, so that's like almost five years since you've had a migraine? Yeah. That's so cool. Probably, yeah. So good. And I suffered for years from that. Yeah. Yeah. So you have this encounter with the Lord, 2016. You have... Um, experience of community. I know there's other stories that we've talked about where you really just felt loved and accepted, you know, within community, and that's been a part of your journey, but it's not been all rainbows and butterflies since 2016, right? Um, There's been some still struggles along the way like we all go through. But if I remember right, there was a season in like early 2020 where I remember Telsey and I being like, where's Jenna at? We haven't seen Jenna in a while and, and trying to get in touch with you and stuff. And you'd had a, uh, I don't know if you want to use the term relapse or whatever, right? Into yeah, drinking again. Yeah, I was again. pretty withdrawn. Uh, I was, I was drinking quite often. Yeah. Um, more, more of a, an abusive way than it was casual drinking, okay. uh, which leads, it's just, it's a bad habit for me. I can't drink. It was, um, yeah, I was abusing alcohol to the point where parenting was not being very good. I was forgetting the important things in life. Definitely wasn't asking God for any help. And I was starting to dwindle away. My mental states were, you know, I was going through a lot of mental health issues, anxiety, depression. Um, you know, and people were starting to notice that I was not okay. Mm. Um but, you know, with the grace of God and the community, I was always, you know, able to come back and experience church and God and do all those things. But I was still not being true to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in July, July 31st, something pretty tragic happened. Um, I found a friend of mine who is a dear friend of mine. We were hanging out for some time. Um, he was unconscious in my living room after a night of binge drinking. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there was other things involved that happened in his passing. But me and the children found him unconscious in my living room. After I'd woken up from being blacked out, obviously I was drinking too much. And I just fell to my knees after we had called 911 and things and my friend was removed from my home and I just asked the Lord if he could just take me (laughs) under his wing and protect me and break me free of alcohol because I was so scared that that was going to be me one day and my children they mean the world to me And I just didn't want to have to put them. I would never do that to them. I couldn't imagine doing that to them. So, yeah. So I am 200 and 
Somewhat day sober. I should have got the date. The Sorry, it's, I think it's beyond that. It's got to be coming up on 300, right? Some, yeah. So anyway, I'm sober. No, you're, you're I'm sober. Closer. My nine and a half off. months. I'm sober <laughs> nine and a half months. I don't drink alcohol anymore. Come on. And um, I use God every day for that tool. He's the reason why I don't drink. It's his will and his strength in me is why I don't drink. If I don't use Jesus as a tool for this sobriety, then I urge to drink. Right. So I just don't drink alcohol. I don't have it around my home. And um, I just don't go places where alcohol is involved because the Lord is just, I can hear him better. I can walk with him better. I can hear things. I can construct a whole, like, life is just so much simpler mm. with Jesus and without alcohol. I remember the day that um, Telsey and I had been, like, talking. Where's Jenna? We can't get a hold of Jenna. How's she doing? And then Telsey phoned me. And she's like, I just heard from Jenna. I just got a phone call from Jenna and she reached out to me and, you know, and, and I don't remember everything she told me, but there was just this excitement that we had heard from you. And this, I think, was this just the, the day after just a couple this days story after. you had just told us about? Yeah, just a couple days after. Because I think, didn't, didn't her phone number just show up on your phone or yeah, something like I that? Yeah, I just, I needed to reach out for help, for support for my family right. during the early times of sobriety. And Telsey's number was, it was right there. Like I pulled out my phone. I was freaking out. Like I didn't know who to call. And Telsey's number was right there. And I just called it. I'm like, how do I tell somebody what just happened? Right. How would I tell a member of my community what just happened? But I knew if I called Telsey... Or there was a reason her number was there mm -hmm. that I could just tell her and it was going to be okay. And then I accidentally pocket dialed your dad. <laughs> I was like, what just happened there? But he was there too, gave me a little prayer and sent me on my way. But it was just like, your family is just so full of, I don't know, you guys just poor Jesus. And so I just, I love you guys for that. We love you. Uh, it has been such a joy to watch the strength that God's been putting in you over this last year. Mm -hmm. It's like we've been walking with you and seeing you years before, but there's this this brightness about you um, that I know like when I think of you and I think anybody else who's here, part of Life Tree Church family, thinks of you, there is this light that comes to mind because you just shine. You've got this um, energetic spirit that sometimes it'd be hard to to even imagine you in that dark place, you know. And so I'm just excited about the way we're seeing God's hand at work in your life. And I know you're into some new adventures uh, coming up ahead here, right? Yeah. Um, working with seniors, right? It all started with the. Uh just get the getting sober. And then I started a program called Bridges for Women. Yeah. It's an employment program for women that have been through trauma, neglect, and abuse. And I started that program and with full intentions on um, trying to get into senior care mm. and stuff. So that was my intention. And then through just working with my community and stuff, things have all kind of panned out a little bit. I just asked the Lord to put me in senior care 
and just a, a window opened and a phone call came in and this is a new job that I'm starting. So being a companion in senior care, it's just a, a an eye-opener that when I pray, I need to be prepared because he's opening windows for me and I'm just, whoosh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. jumping right on in. <laughs> he actually responds. And I'm listening. <laughs> I'm there. Right. Like, I'm sure if I would have known before in life, right? These tools that when I'm praying, I need to be aware because he's moving in my life and he's working quite quickly because I think I'm trying to make up some, some room, some leeway from the past, but he's just putting me right where I need to be. As, as I hear some of these stories, whether it's the, the hotel room encounter, the being healed. I also remember when your knees got healed or the, or the phone number being there on your phone that you just need to call in this moment or now telling God, this is the kind of work I want to do. And next thing you know, you're getting, you know, a phone call from somebody about that. It triggers in me just this question, like, who has Jesus been to you in your journey? Oh, my best friend. <laughs> uh, definitely a higher power. Just something that has always, well, I don't know, a light. Just a big ray of hope. Like Jesus just gives me that. I just feel very childlike all the time. Like I'm just growing. I'm just learning. It's all new to me. And I want to feel that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where Jesus is leaving me right now. It's just, I'm just a young girl again, just starting to get back on track and just starting to know myself. And, um, and I feel like I'm a vessel. I'm starting to be like this vessel for him, for God to use from a dark place into a light space. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like I have to get, I'm getting ready for that because this is huge. This is a big step for me, so I just want to thank you. Um, I feel like I've been holding secrets back from my community, <laughs> just knowing that I've encountered Jesus. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You said something about him being, you know, a ray of hope to you. What are some of the, the hopes for the future that you feel um, are alive in your heart these days? Um, just coming from where I've come in life, I just want to go back to waking up every day, having that, like, I love waking up, like, I hope, you know, just, just waking up every day, knowing that I have a purpose in my life, knowing that, you know, I've provided for the children, um, but using Jesus as he's our provider, but I'm using, it's just a part of my household now. Yeah. Jesus is part of my household. Yeah. I'm not saying we have a perfect house, but in those times, I drop and I say, Jesus, we need you in our home. I use him as our our go-to. And it's going to make a big impact on the generations to come in my family. Absolutely. There's a stake in the ground I feel I'm hearing from you that reminds me of a verse that's in the end of Joshua where Joshua is speaking to the people and he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, you know, and it's just this, this is who we are, this we're about, and this is going to be 
causing an impact for generations to come. And when I mm -hmm. hear those words coming out of your mouth, to me, that is a compelling vision for the future. That is a uh, profound hope. And I'm just, I'm pumped to know that that's alive in you, mm -hmm. you know, and um, it's beautiful. As we come to a close, any thoughts coming to mind for you or maybe encouragements that you would want to give to anybody listening to this? <sighs> Anything's possible with Jesus. That's, that's solid. <laughs> that's, I like just to elaborate on all that is just what I've been through in life. That's, yeah, anything is possible. That's just good. walk with Jesus. Beautiful. I feel happy when I say that. I feel good when you can say it too. You can say it again if you want. <laughs> I'm going to cry now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jesus does to my heart. It just softens it so much. You know, sometimes I don't think properly, but my heart feels properly all the time when I think about Jesus. It's beautiful, Jenna. Well, Jenna, I want to thank you for sitting down, being open, being honest, taking some of those secrets you mentioned <laughs> and sharing them with us because I get so blessed and filled when I hear you talk about your story with him. And it is my hope that people who have had the chance to listen to this today do walk away knowing with Jesus anything's possible and learn, like you were telling me before, to just practice being needy for Jesus, because that's where the life's at. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's been good. What a great story. I'm so glad that we had the chance to have Jenna in to share. And as I understand it, she's been wanting to share for a while. Yeah, it was really good to hear. I've heard bits and pieces over the years, but to get to hear it just in a more linear way like we did today um, was a real blessing. It was awesome to hear the way that God has shown up in very real ways for her and also just the power of community that she's experienced. Definitely. She made a very powerful statement about halfway into the conversation. She shared about how especially being on the Stell and Gillespie property, that she was loved in a way that she hadn't been loved before and it allowed her to love her kids and those around her because of that. And that's the power of community. And that's something that I've experienced as a being a part of the Life Tree family. Yeah, it was definitely beautiful to hear that stuff. And for anybody else, you know, listening to this today, I just want you to remember in the words of Jenna, Anything is possible with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Everyday Impact. We pray that you're encouraged and blessed as you go about your life with that conviction. With Jesus, anything is possible. Have a great week. <laughs>